Good morning, and welcome to Current Radio. It's Thursday, December 28th. Today, we're looking at SoftBank-backed First Cry, which is seeking to raise nearly $220 million in an India IPO, and Terran Orbital's biggest customer is on the brink of securing funding for a multi-billion dollar constellation. Plus, the New York Times is demanding that OpenAI and Microsoft pay for training data, and hackers have stolen $2 billion in crypto in 2023, according to recent data. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. India's largest e-commerce platform for mother and baby products, FirstCry, is planning to raise $218 million through its initial public offering. This is a significant drop from their initial target of $700 million. Celeste, can you give us more details about this? Absolutely, James. FirstCry's parent company, BrainBees Solutions, has indicated that some investors, including SoftBank, NewQuest, and TPG, plan to sell some shares as part of the IPO. The company is looking at a valuation of about $4 billion, which is a decrease from their $6 billion target last year. That's quite a shift in valuation. What's the reason behind this change? The company hasn't explicitly stated the reason for this change in its draft prospectus. However, it's not uncommon for companies to adjust their IPO targets based on market conditions, investor sentiment, and their own financial performance. I see. And what does FirstCry plan to do with the proceeds from this IPO? FirstCry plans to use the IPO proceeds for a variety of purposes. These include setting up new stores and warehouses, sales and marketing initiatives, investments in overseas and domestic expansion, technology costs, and inorganic growth through acquisitions. The company offers over 1 million SKUs from over 6,800 brands, including major third-party Indian and international brands as well as its own home brands. That's quite a comprehensive plan. Can you tell us more about FirstCry's financial performance? Sure, James. FirstCry reported more than doubling its total income to $688.4 million in the financial year ending March 2023, up from $302 million from the same period a year ago. However, its losses also significantly increased to $58.3 million in the financial year ending this March, from $9.4 million a year ago. That's a substantial increase in losses, and it will be interesting to see how this plays out in their upcoming IPO. In a different space, Terran Orbital, a leading provider of nanosatellite and microsatellite vehicles, services, and solutions, is reportedly on the brink of receiving a major payment from Rivada Space Networks, its biggest customer. CEO Mark Bell made the announcement at a company-wide meeting earlier this month. Celeste, could you shed some light on this? Certainly, James. Rivada Space Networks is in the final stages of securing funding for a mega-constellation that Terran Orbital is set to build. This project, valued at $2.4 billion, makes up the majority of Terran's backlog. While Terran is pursuing other lucrative contracts, the Rivada contract is the largest it has secured so far. That's quite a significant contract. But there were some payment delays earlier this quarter, weren't there? Yes, that's correct. Terran had to adjust its full-year financial outlook after Rivada delayed an incremental $180 million payment towards the total contract award. However, Bell seems optimistic that the payment will be made soon. He mentioned in the meeting that Rivada expects to close on their funding soon, which would allow them to make the payment to Terran. And what's the current status of this payment? As of now, there have been no public announcements about the financing from either company. Even if Rivada closes the funding, Bell mentioned that the two entities would need to make a modification on their contract, which could delay payment terms and public announcements. 
However, he remains hopeful that Terran will receive the payment soon. What does this mean for Terran's financial outlook? Despite the payment delay, Bell expects the company to generate $130 million in revenue this year, a significant increase from the $94 million the company made in 2022. Terran is also pursuing other high-value contract opportunities, including with the space development agency's constellation known as Proliferated Warfighter Space Architecture. That's quite an ambitious outlook. What about Terran's stock performance? Terran Orbital's stock price has significantly dropped since it went public via a SPAC merger in March last year. The company debuted with a stock price of $10.96, but the shares are currently trading for around $1.22. Bell mentioned in the meeting that the company is considering going private, with the goal to take it public again the traditional way. That's a significant drop in stock price, and it will be interesting to see how the potential payment from Rivada and other high-value contracts will impact Terran's financial outlook and stock performance in the future. In another development, the New York Times has filed a lawsuit against OpenAI and Microsoft, alleging copyright infringement. The Times claims that millions of its articles were used to train AI models, including those underpinning OpenAI's ChatGPT and Microsoft's Copilot, without its consent. Celeste, can you give us some insight into this? Certainly, James. The Times is seeking for OpenAI and Microsoft to destroy models and training data containing the allegedly infringed material. They're also seeking billions in damages related to the unlawful copying and use of their content. The Times argues that if news organizations can't produce and protect their independent journalism, there will be a vacuum that no computer or artificial intelligence can fill. What's been the response from OpenAI and Microsoft to these allegations? OpenAI responded stating that they respect the rights of content creators and owners and are committed to working with them to ensure they benefit from AI technology and new revenue models. They expressed surprise and disappointment at the lawsuit, given their ongoing and constructive conversations with the New York Times. The issue at hand here is that generative AI models learn from examples. And vendors like OpenAI scrape the web for millions to billions of these examples to add to their training sets. Some of these examples are in the public domain, while others aren't, or come under restrictive licenses that require citation or specific forms of compensation. This isn't the first time we've seen legal battles over this issue, is it? No, it's not. There have been a growing number of legal battles over this issue. For instance, actress Sarah Silverman and several novelists, including Jonathan Franzen and John Grisham, have accused Meta and OpenAI of using their works as training data without their permission or knowledge. And several programmers have an ongoing case against Microsoft, OpenAI, and GitHub over Copilot, an AI-powered code-generating tool which they claim was developed using their IP-protected code. What are the potential implications of this lawsuit for the future of AI and journalism? The Times lawsuit highlights potential damage to its brand through hallucinations or made-up facts from generative AI models. They also argue that OpenAI and Microsoft are effectively building news publisher competitors using the Times works, providing information that couldn't normally be accessed without a subscription. This could have significant implications for the news subscription business and web traffic for publishers. A recent model from The Atlantic found that if a search engine like Google were to integrate AI into search, it'd answer a user's query 75% of the time without requiring a click-through to its website. Publishers in a similar suit against Google estimate they'd lose as much as 40% of their traffic. This certainly seems to be a complex issue with far-reaching implications, and it will be interesting to see how this case unfolds and what it could mean 
for the intersection of AI and journalism. In a rather surprising turn of events, the trend of crypto thefts has taken a downward turn for the first time since 2020. This year, hackers stole around $2 billion in crypto, a significant drop from the previous year's record of $3.8 billion. Celeste, what do you make of this? Well, James, while it's a positive sign that the amount stolen has decreased, it's still a staggering amount. The data comes from DE.FI, a Web3 security firm that runs the REC database. They've highlighted some of the biggest crypto heists of the year, including the breach of the Ronin network, where over $600 million was stolen, and the Mixin network hack that saw around $200 million taken. That's a lot of money. And it's not just these big hacks, right? There were many other significant thefts as well. Absolutely, James. Other major thefts include the hack against Euler Finance, where almost $200 million was stolen, and hacks against Multichain, Boncadeau, Poloniex, and Atomic Wallet, each losing over $100 million. It's a stark reminder of the persistent vulnerabilities within the DeFi ecosystem. It's interesting to note that a significant portion of the stolen crypto in the previous year was attributed to North Korean government hackers known as Lazarus Group. They reportedly stole $1.7 billion as part of an effort to fund the regime's sanctioned nuclear weapons program. Do we have any insights into who is behind these hacks this year? The reports don't specify the groups or individuals behind this year's thefts, but it's clear that crypto theft is a global issue. It's also worth noting that the actual amount stolen this year could be higher than reported. Blockchain intelligence company TRM Labs estimated the total stolen crypto as of mid-December at about $1.7 billion, but that doesn't account for any thefts that may have occurred in the final weeks of the year. Given the poor security implemented by many crypto and Web3 projects and the sheer amount of monetary value they hold, it's likely that hackers will continue targeting this industry. It's a reminder for all of us to be vigilant and prioritize security when dealing with cryptocurrencies. With that, we conclude our stories for today and look forward to having you back here at Current Radio tomorrow.